This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Hello friends and family. It's great to be able to share with you on this Sunday morning. Just the word of God. And the title is Encouragement or To Be Encouraged. I'm going to take a bit of a different angle. I hope you like my shirt. I've got this opportunity with all these 21 encouragement days and you're on a Sunday to wear all my Indonesia shirts. And my um, neighbor says I must preach a bit more prosperity gospel. So I think this is the closest, Johan, I will get to um, prosperity gospel. But this one is specifically for you. Uh, so encouragement, God is a God of encouragement and especially in this time we need to be encouraged. Uh, but what is that definition of encouragement? Because all of us, uh, we have different ideas. Sometimes we think, well, just compliment someone or flatter someone when it comes to co- encouragement. But it's not necessarily just to praise somebody else or to say nice things about them. And when we look at the definition, it can mean to that you're giving them support or you're giving somebody confidence. Uh, you're helping to develop something in someone. You're calling someone to their side in order to teach, to comfort, to strengthen, or to push them to act in a certain way. So we need to be encouraged by God, but we also need to encourage each others. It's part of the definition of encouragement. And in other words that the Bible uses to exhort or to admonish, to exhort or to admonish one another. And that also may mean that sometimes we have to share hard words and tough words with each other. You know, just this past couple of weeks here while we're on the lock, in the lockdown, so many people have been sending, you know, conspiracy theories and 5G and this and that, you know. But sometimes when we do that, we actually expose people more to a fear motivation or to the negative side. And I'm not saying we should not have wisdom and discernment in what we do. But let's not encourage each other into fear or, oh, what about revelations and what about the end times? And yes, we are living in the end times and we need to be sober and we need to be vigilant. We need to be focused in this time. So I want to encourage us. But our main encouragement towards one another is to grow closer to God, to see God in this time. You know, And so uh, there's this beautiful letter that Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, you know. First Thessalonians, and I'm going to focus a bit on that later this morning. Because what happened, if you go and read in the book of Acts, Paul and Silas was teaching probably for one month in this area, in this Greek uh, philosophical environment uh, with Roman rule. And then what started to happen is suddenly persecution arose because the people did not like the message of the gospel. But there were lots of believers, lots of people came to salvation. And Paul and Silas then had to flee the city. And so, yeah, uh, Paul is very, very challenged and he's, uh, as they flee because of the persecution on the church, he's very worried about the church. And he's thinking like, well, will this church remain in this time of persecution, in this tough environment? And then he writes this letter, First Thessalonians. To them, It's a beautiful letter and I wish we had time this morning to go through all of the letter. But in the first uh, part, he sort of just encourages them in their faithfulness and he challenges them. And so what happened is he sent Timothy to them with this really heavy heart, you know, because he thought like, wow, will they survive in the persecution in this, these tough times? Will they grow? Will they be encouraged? You know, and then Timothy came back with this great report and said, wow, not is the church surviving but the church is flourishing and they're growing and more people are getting saved even in the midst of persecution 
You know, and that's what we all need to understand when you and I read the scriptures. We must always read it in context to who did Paul write it to or what was the context of this letter? Because a lot of the letters that Paul wrote, he was even himself in prison when he wrote those letters. And so when he says for me to live is Christ and die is gain in, to the church in Philippi, it's, it's such a harder scriptures and tougher scriptures if we read the context from where he wrote it. It's not just like, hey, this is a great time. But so now for a lot of us, we, we're in a tough time. Uh, we need that encouragement. And so I want to jump into chapter three because after the first two chapters of challenging them and just saying, wow, I'm, I'm so encouraged by what I've heard from Timothy. Listen to what he says in verse one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 1. Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. So they sent Timothy with this mission to establish them and to encourage them concerning their faith. This isn't just like, hey, you know, let's make good jokes about, you know, how we can exercise better and how we can do stuff. Yes, that's important. You know, my one uh, neighbor down in the street, he's a canoeist and apparently he put like all the ropes out and put the canoe on the ropes that, so that it doesn't touch the water in his swimming pool and he's just going for it, you know. So he's rowing. So people are very... Great at making, you know, different um, places for their exercise and running around the house. I tried it once and it was the most boring run of my life. Uh, four kilometers, 10 times this time around, this way around, around the swimming pool, then 10 times that, then around the house. But hallelujah, we'll find some other ways. So people are joking about all these things, but our main encouragement should be to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. That was the reason why I sent Timothy. In verse 6 now, let's read in 1 Thessalonians 3, chapter 3, verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. First Thessalonians 3 verse 8. So Timothy comes back and he's so encouraged. Paul is so encouraged. He says, because of your faith and your love. And you can see this beautiful relationship connection between Paul and this church. And the people in the church. And he was very tense and now he's so encouraged. But not because they're just keeping up and because they're surviving and yes, they're making it through 21 days, three weeks lockdown or five weeks lockdown. No, what is challenged by says because of your faith and your love and by your faith, we comforted, we established, we, we say, wow, because you're growing and because you're pursuing the Lord, because you're standing fast. In the Lord. So this is the time where we also, as believers all across the world, must stand fast in God. This isn't just the time to relax and hold back. But we see how many people are beginning to pray and seeking God's face. They're saying, Lord, bring revival in this time. Because a lot of people are out of their comfort zone. A lot of people are not in their normal routine. And and a lot of people are struggling with intense fear. So I want to encourage you, use some practical things. You know, record your testimony for two minutes and send it to your friends. Or 
send messages of hope. You know, we've seen with these 21 days encouragement that, that we do every evening at 8 p.m. Just how many people, their lives are just being changed by just sending some testimonies and just sharing that. Some of even people writing and composing music, um, which is beautiful, you know, because we all have gifts and we can encourage people, maybe through a song, maybe through our lives, testimonies. Let's share it with one another. But so, the first thing that he goes on to then is, as Paul now writes to Timothy, and we received back from Timothy this report, now he starts to write to them in chapter 5 and in chapter 6, some very important things that you and I can learn. And I, I wish we had time to read through the whole book, but listen to this in First Thessalonians 5, from verse 1 onwards. It says, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So he starts this chapter because now he's challenging people to become Christ-like. He's challenging people to f keep on following Jesus. The first three and a half chapters, he's writing about their faithfulness, how he's encouraged, how he's comforted through their lives. And now the last two chapters, he challenges them. He says, now guys, this is the time to keep on following Christ. This is the time to keep your focus in the right direction and to have the right perspective on things and so what he starts with here from verse 1 onwards is he says hey there are, we all know the times and the seasons we all know these are the end days and that's why i want to encourage us to stay away from all these conspiracy theories and 5g and all the other stuff you know we know it's the end of times and so he says, let's walk in the light. We're not going to be caught by surprise because, hey, we want to be part of those virgins that whose lamps are full all the time. Whether it's going good, whether it's going bad, whether there's lockdown, whether there's not lockdown. We shouldn't say like, oh, okay, I'm going to pursue God now. And when lockdown is over, I'm going to stop doing that. Now, this is the time to fill your lamps. And that's why he says, hey, we don't know when the day of the Lord is going to come. The day of the Lord can be any time, you know. And so it's like a thief, you know. A robber comes and walks up to you and points a gun at you and say, I want your stuff. You can see the robber. You can know when that robber is coming. And so they rob you face to face. But a thief comes when you don't expect the thief. A thief comes in the middle of the night when there's darkness. A thief comes when you're not always ready. But that's why he writes in this is we are children of the light. We are children of the light. And so when we walk in the light, we don't fear the darkness. We're not afraid of what happens around us, lockdown or not lockdown. And so let's know concerning the times and the seasons. There's a perspective, an eternal perspective that we must remain focused on. He says, if you want to follow Jesus, remember, this is not your home. Remember, you're a pilgrim. You are passing through. This is just part of the exercise of where we are going. And so our hope is much stronger because there's these three things that he would speak about. You know, this eternal hope is one of them in these last two chapters. As we follow Jesus, we cannot follow Jesus just because we have small pro promises or just 
check the prosperity gospel or just for the breakthrough or we want peace. We follow God because we know we're just passing through. And this is so beautiful when we read Paul's letters and especially this letter to the, the church in Thessalonica. He says, hey, I want to concerning, I'm concerning writing to you that really you need to keep on focusing, keep on going. You know, I had a friend, still have a friend, you know, when the um, Twin Towers collapsed and the airplanes flew in it. He was in Nigeria, somewhere in the rural areas. And he didn't know it happened. But when he came back to his hotel, he switched on the television. Uh, and that was probably two days after the Twin Towers. You know, remember the airplanes that flew into the Twin Towers. And so when he switched on the television, he just saw these airplanes going into the Twin Towers. And, and he got the shock of his life. Uh, and he thought like, yo, this is really... You know, the rapture has happened, you know, because some pilots were raptured away and so it flew into the Twin Towers. So he switched on the, the television, switched off the television and for two days he just lied on the floor weeping and repenting. It's actually quite a funny story. I still make a joke with him. You know, he says, Lord, why did you leave me behind? Because all the pilots are gone, all the people, you know, because scripture says one will be in the bed and the one next to them, one will be taken away and the other one will remain. And so this guy were, uh, repented of every sin in the book, you know, and he was clean before Lord. He says, Lord, I will keep on fighting the fight of faith, you know, but Lord, I will stand for you. This is going to be a tough time. And then after two days of not eating and just drinking some water in this little room, he realized, let me switch on the television again. So when he switched on the television, he realized, okay, it was just the Twin Towers. But at least he was forgiven, he was cleansed, he repented, he lived a holy life, you know. Uh, so it's actually a funny story, but it's also a very, very tense story. Because, hey, we should pursue holiness. And this is part of what he's writing. And um, I want to continue in verse 6 of First Thessalonians chapter 5. Then he says, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. This is maybe a word for especially some students. Therefore, let us not sleep till 11 o'clock in the morning and 12 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> the other day I found this guy and I realized it's 12.30, it's lunch, and he's still sleeping. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as a helmet, the hope of salvation. These are probably the three things he focuses on a lot in this, these whole, this whole book. The breastplate of faith, love, and the hope of salvation. Verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Wow, beautiful scripture. It says, because we are people of the light, because we are following God, we are excited. But now that we are sober, we are focusing on the right things, we're looking with this eternal perspective. He says, now we also need to encourage one another. And that's why I want to encourage you. Think of your friends. Think of people around you. Pray for them. Support them. Phone them. I, I was so encouraged. When, uh, you know, we made a list of all the elderly people in the church and we decided let's phone all of them. And then we realized, no, a lot of people in the church have already phoned them every day. Auntie Ko and a lot of other people are phoning all the elderly people and saying, well, how can we help? Can we pick up, go and drop food for you or anything that, that we can help with? And I realized like, wow, that's the church. You know, the church shouldn't have a list because the pastor says a lot of stuff. But we, because of this heart of hope, this heart of love, this heart of faith we can share. You know, we, uh, and, and don't worry, we have all the permits in place. We dropped like 
almost 800 packets for people, uh, for students specifically, uh, yesterday in, in, at all the races. I didn't even know there were so many students left in town, but I realized that a lot of them are international students. They couldn't go home and probably more than half of them, 400 or 500 of them don't want to go home. They don't have nice environments at home and they stayed in their reses. They stayed in their flats. And we think it's probably about a 1,500 because there's a lot of them living in flats that are not in reses. Um, and so I was thinking like, wow, yeah, underneath us, wow, we are thinking about arranging our own things. Sure. Almost a 1,500 students that don't have a home. What, not even to speak about all the rest in town of people that are really, really desperate. So this is the time for the church to arise. This is the time for us to encourage each other, to make a way and say, hey, I want to be part of this. I want to help other people at least start to pray for them. So don't just think about ourselves because the church is there. We exist for the community and to share the love of Christ. And this is exactly what Paul writes about in First Thessalonians. He challenges them. Keep on following Christ. Don't just think of yourself even in this time of persecution, in this time of tough times for them. And so the second thing then they, that we saw, we looked at the definition, we looked at the eternal perspective. The third thing we said, we want to encourage people not to sleep, not to, but to be awake, to focus on those things. He says, because Christ died for us and therefore we comfort each other and we edify one another. We speak life over each other. We phone each other. We bless each other. And we pray for each other. Don't be afraid to share your prayer needs with other people. But the fourth thing that I want to uh, talk about when we talk about encouraging uh, each other and a God of encouragement. Because I, I love the, just the story of how God through scripture raised up a lot of encouragers. You know Barnabas was an encourager. And we don't read a lot about him. But he was the guy that took Paul up to the Jerusalem and said, hey, this guy, I can vouch for him. I can, I can say that he, you know, really bears fruit. Because remember, Paul persecuted the church. And so when the elders and the leaders in Jerusalem heard about Paul's salvation, they didn't believe it. And so eventually it took Barnabas to take Paul up to the Jerusalem council and say, look, yeah, I can, I can say this guy, he's the real deal now. He really came to salvation. And eventually the leaders in the church there, they were afraid of persecution, but they accepted Paul's message because of what Barnabas did. And so Barnabas was this, his name was even son of encouragement. So let's be Barnabases in this time to each other. And then here in Ephesians 4, uh, the first three verses, I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Version. It says this, listen to what Paul writes to the church in Ephesians. He says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, out of prison, he writes this, implore you, I, I, I beg you, I beseech you. Implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. He says, I implore you, walk worthy of the calling with which you have been called. There's a calling on our lives as the church, but also for you as an individual. Walk worthy of that calling, worthy of Christ. The way we deal with each other, you know, and that's why it says you've been called with humility, with gentleness, with patience. You know, John Yep shared it with us in this week with one of the encouragement sessions. And he said, hey, if you've been praying for patience, God doesn't give you the gift of patience. He gives you an opportunity to be patient. If you've been praying for Lord, make me more like Jesus. 
Now he's giving us opportunities to be more like Jesus. So you've been praying for that. Lord, make me less of me, more of you. Ha! Then the pressure cooker comes, the tough times comes, the lockdown comes. And now the way we treat each other in our relationships, the way we move with humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, you know, that's what God has called us to in this time, to be like Christ, but to walk worthy of our callings. Two more things. The second last thing is that he says, let's be encouraged. In Hebrews chapter 10, the writer writes in these a lot of verses, but I want to read verse 23 to 25, that we encourage to hold fast to the message of hope. Listen to this in verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So yes, we understand we cannot gather together, but we're looking forward to that. And we have already, I've already spoken to Tosca and some people and said, hey, the first Sunday where we can all gather together, we're going to have a massive love feast and everybody's going to bring food and we can just celebrate our fellowship. That's important. But we mainly fellowship around the word of God. And says he says, the confession of our hope, let us hold fast to that. There's a hope, an anchor for your soul. And don't let go of that message of hope. First in your own life, but then also in lives around us. I remember going to Nepal and we were walking up these mountains and um, coming back. And so there was this one little village that didn't really receive the gospel. But we said, Lord, give them a message of hope. And as we walked up that evening up onto the hill, it became dark. There was a couple of snakes and a lot of stuff. We came to this home and there was a home where the lady, she was almost, she had a sickness. And I can't remember the name of the sickness, but it was like she couldn't uh, put her hands in water or wash herself really with water. But especially her hands, it would swell up and it would, you know, she would get very sick. Um, and that sickness had a specific name and for years they've been struggling. And so we thought, Lord, please give hope to this little village that are not really open to the gospel. And so we prayed for this lady and for the first time in, I think it was four or five years, she said, okay, I'm going to test your prayers. And so she brought a bucket of water and she put her hands into it. She was perfectly healed. And I thought like, wow, God. This little village will never be the same again, you know, because that's faith in action. That's the confession of our hope. And if you're struggling a bit, something that I do is I remember what God has done. So, so go and write in your journal the testimonies. Go and share with each other the good stuff God has done. If you forget, have a wall of remembrance. Put it up there, you know. Say, hey, devil, I remind you of what God has done. Get behind me, you know. And we must also remind ourselves about the good things God has done in our lives. So that's the message of hope. You know, exhort one another. And so as the day is approaching, let us hold fast to that hope. The last thing I want to encourage us with is that we have a comforter. We have a helper. It's called the Holy Spirit, the Paracletos. Jesus said it in John chapter 16 verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You're not alone. The greatest encourager, the greatest comforter, the greatest helper is the Holy Spirit with us. Don't ignore him. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. If you're tired, if you feel depressed, if you feel heavy laden, hey, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. The Parakletos. Not the one who drives you. The one who comes alongside you to help you. So I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will be your best friend. That you will draw closer to God in this time. That will encourage one another. That will stir each other up. And uh, especially in this time. That we'll pray for one another. And that we'll pray for our nation. And pray for the nations of the world. We will not be the same. Once we encounter the true helper and comforter. Let me pray for us. <clears throat> Father, I want to thank you this morning that we could share this time together. I want to thank you for every family, every friend. Lord, we thank you that we can be encouraged by your word. Encouraged with the eternal perspective, Lord. Encouraged to hold fast to this message of hope. Encouraged by the Holy Spirit. Lord, and I pray especially for people that are struggling in this time, Lord, that they can be set free from any fear, any anxiety, any depression, every heaviness, Lord. We say that will be gone in Jesus' name. And we pray for your healing and your deliverance and your freedom in and over our lives. Lord, let your kingdom come in this time. Let your church arise and shine for her light has come. And Father, I thank you for this time we could spend together. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that even as we go our different ways, Lord, and we're sitting in our homes, we invite you into our homes. You are God with us. You're not just coming to visit us. You are with us. You're Emmanuel with us. And we want to thank you for your presence and intimacy with you, which is our greatest reward. And we pray that in Jesus' name alone. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.